0: Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning, and we're very glad you're here. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone, and so in the spirit of that heritage, one of the ways that we greet the divine on a Sunday morning is by turning to the people around us and welcoming them here this morning. Let us say together the words by which we light our chalice and this season our candles. Through the longest night, we waited for the sun to rise once more. This first morning, we kindle the flame of courage, the fourth of the five values of our congregation. May the light of courage strengthen us as we tend to our roots
1: in the winter darkness. Our first reading comes from the Gospel of Luke from the Christian Bible. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And Joseph also went up from Galilee unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
0: This congregation has a mission. We wrote it on the wall and we say it together every Sunday just to remind ourselves of what we want to be doing. Together, we nourish souls transform lives and do justice to build the beloved community after we uh, say our mission now we have a moment for beloved community and today it's about African- American cowboys it's interesting to know that uh, when history is written some people are on purpose erased and some people are just kind of forgotten. And left out, and it depends on who's writing the history. But um, when you think of cowboy, I want you now to include um, black cowboys, Apache cowboys, in your and girls in your uh, imagination. When you see uh, when you see a story about cowboys, that's what you can picture.
2: And now Christmas pageant time is here. It's time for our. Annual, beloved, no-rehearsal Christmas pageant.
1: The season of the winter solstice has been celebrated in one form or another for thousands of years. A hundred different cultures have told stories about how the birth of their gods took place at this time of year. In the northern hemisphere, we tell of how light, hope, and life are returning to the world and to our lives. Darkness is good for rest, and for root growth, but it's harder to see where you're going and what is coming when you're in the dark. So humans like to celebrate light. Today we will present the Christian faith story, as Christianity is one of the sources of our UU faith. It's the story of a special baby, a child of God as all babies are, a child called Jesus. This
2: is the Christmas Story. It happened a very long time ago in a land far away. A man and a woman named Joseph and Mary had to make a journey to the city of Bethlehem because there was a new law that said everyone had to return to the city where they were born to pay their taxes. Joseph was worried about Mary taking this trip, as she was going to have a baby very soon. (laughs) But Mary wanted to be with her husband for the birth of their first child. It was a long trip to Bethlehem, three full days of walking, Mary was glad when they saw the rooftops of Bethlehem in the distance. Joseph, she said, let's stay at the first inn we come to. I think our baby is almost ready to be born. But when they got to Bethlehem, they found the little town crowded with people. They stopped at the first inn they came to and knocked on the door. But the innkeeper told them, I'm sorry, there's no more room here. They kept walking and walking at the next inn they came to. The innkeeper said, they knocked again. And the innkeeper said, we're full. Try the place three streets over. It's bigger. Joseph tried another place and another place, but everywhere it was the same story. Sorry, no room for you here. Finally, when it was almost time, they saw a house at the edge of town with a light in the window. Joseph knocked at the door. There we go. And told the innkeeper, please help us. We need a place for the night. My wife is going to have a baby soon, and I don't think she can travel any farther. And the innkeeper said, There's no room in the inn, but don't worry. We'll, we'll find some place for you. The innkeeper showed Mary and Joseph to a quiet little barn where the animals were. It was clean and warm and swell, smelled like sweet hay. And on that very night, in that barn in Bethlehem, their little baby was born. It was a boy, and they named him Jesus. Mary and Joseph wrapped him in the soft swaddling cloth and made a bed for him in the hay. That night, like every night, there were shepherds in the fields outside Bethlehem, watching the flocks of sheep. The shepherds were surprised and amazed by a very bright light in the sky and a strange song coming from nowhere and everywhere all at once. It was angels, and they were glorious. After sharing the joyous news, the angels went to see the baby born in a stable in the city of Bethlehem and to tell him hello. What a beautiful baby! After the angels had gone away, the shepherds remembered what they had said that a wonderful baby had been born, and they could find him by following the brightest star in the sky. So the shepherds all said to each other, Let's go look for that baby. They had no trouble finding the stable because of the bright star. And sure enough, there inside were Mary and Joseph watching over their little baby, Jesus. (laughs) And the shepherds saw that Jesus was just stunning. Then the shepherds went away and told everyone what they had seen. On the same night, three wise ones saw the bright star and said to each other, Look at that amazing star. It must be shining for something very special. The wise ones loaded up on their camels with treasures and traveling supplies and followed the star all the way to Bethlehem. Jesus was only a few days old when the wise ones found him, but they knew he was special. What a wonderful child! This child will be our teacher. And they gave the baby gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
1: Mary and Joseph wondered for a long time about all these things that happened when their child was born. It's astonishing that all these people would come to see our baby and give us presents for him. They don't even know him. When Jesus grew up, he was a courageous teacher, just like the wise one said. And one of the most important things he tried to teach people was to love each other and to treat all people, even strangers, with kindness and care. And people who have tried to follow his best teachings have become better people and have spread light through their world, which is what we are here to do. Today, we shared the Christmas story about one special baby. But this baby isn't the only special one. Every child is a treasure. They're a wonder and a miracle. And as they grow up, they are always and forever a treasure, a wonder, and a miracle. For so the children came. And so they have been coming, always in the same way they come, born to the seed of man and woman. Each night a child is born is a holy night. Fathers and mothers sitting beside their children's cribs feel the glory and the sight of a new life beginning. Each night a child is born is a holy night. A time for singing, a time for wandering, and a time for worshipping. Our second reading comes from St. Hildegard of Bingen. Fire of the Spirit, life of the lives of creatures, spiral of sanctity, bond of all natures, glow of charity, lights of clarity, Taste of sweetness to the fallen. Be with us and hear us. Composer of all things. Joy and the glory. Strong honor. Be with us and hear us.
0: I want to thank Aisha and Shalabi, baby Emmett and sister Sydney, the snowflake princess, for being our holy family for this service. And all the angels and shepherds and wise people and animals. This is the time in our service when we join together in meditation and prayer where we speak and listen to God as we understand God or where we listen to our inner wisdom or where we just watch our breath as it comes in and out of our bodies as we uh, enter into the wise silence where little baby noises count as part of the silence in this church. Amen. Mm-hmm. One year at this pageant, we had um, three batmen at the major, (laughs) and someone came up to me later and said, I just don't think there was a batman at the (laughs) major. Probably not, I said, but there's a lot we don't know. I mean, really, the sources external to Christianity that even talk about the existence of Jesus are only two very brief mentions. And all of the other stuff, like that he was married to Mary Magdalene or had a child or went to India or any of those things are just made up by people, just made up. And in the faith story, it says... um, that he did disappear from his home one day and his father found him in the temple uh, talking to the rabbis or the teachers at that time. So he was 12 years old and already talking theology with the rabbis. That's one of the parts of the story we have. We have a part of the story that says right after he was born, um, the king tried to get rid of him because he had heard a prophecy that there was going to be a king of the Jews. And so Mary and Joseph and the baby had to flee. They had become migrants to Egypt. And if Egypt had not taken them in, uh, we would not have any of this story, uh, whatever the true parts of it are. I saw her eyes kind of glaze over because she hadn't really wanted all that uh, information. And so I just, you know, pulled all the facts to an end. Um, I'm saying facts, even though they kind of are facts, but she just didn't want facts. So pulled all the facts to an end. I said, yes, odds are probably there was no Batman. Because <laughs> the baby in a manger is a soul story, and a soul story is a faith story, and there are soul stories of all kinds. Scripture stories for d- different religions and fairy tales are soul stories. There are a lot of soul stories that might be very true in an actual way, but not in an historical way. And so I read this as a soul story, and even though I studied, you know, ha- here's how we look at the absolute reality of this, um, what was likely, etc., customs of the time, language that was used. It's almost more profitable, uh, more fruitful to look at it as if you would look at a dream. And I was trained in dream interpretation uh, by a Jungian uh, analyst in Pea Ridge, North Carolina. And uh, she had retired from Connecticut. And so there were two Jungian analysts in Pea Ridge, which you would never think. But there they were. And she said, uh, if you're interpreting a dream, everything in the dream is you. That's That was her way of interpreting it. So I'm thinking, let's look at this story like that. First of all, I think holding the image of the divine of God as a baby in my mind and heart, I, I want to invite myself to let go of the Abrahamic God that I was raised with, and that comes to mind when I think or used to, when I think the word God, the name God, um, there are elements of that you can believe in or not believe in. I'm interested in the God you believe in and the one you don't believe in, but I I just want to look at God as a baby right now because so many people, I don't care what their faith is, their picture of God is of an enormous, powerful grown-up, and sometimes if you're a raised Presbyterian like I was, uh, that grown-up is disappointed in you. But when God is a baby, you've never seen a baby who's disappointed in you. You've never seen a judgmental baby. You don't have to be terrified by a baby. You don't have to worry about a baby's wrath. Even the worst wrath a baby can have is really manageable. And a baby God, a baby God is not mad at you. A baby God needs you, needs you to coo over them, to hold them, to feed them, to wrap their little fingers around your pinky, to give them little presents, to protect them, to visit them. And it's very rare that we get a chance to imagine cooing over the baby God and feeling that aching openness of your heart at all the possibilities that are contained there. Among the ways to understand God as the, is as the spirit of love and the spirit of life. And when you think of a baby love, When you think of the very beginning of a love, you think of all the possibilities and how exciting it is and how delightful it all is. And you see, when you see a baby, you see the life that's held within that baby. You can almost, um, you know, many of us are old enough to have seen babies grow up. They grow up into, if you're lucky and skillful and everything goes right, they grow up into kids, like seven-year-olds, and then they grow up into 12-year-olds, and then 16-year-olds, and 25-year-olds, and then on up. And kids, if you look around and you can see all these grown-ups here, they all started out as babies. They were all babies. And if you had known them when they were a baby, you would be able to, like, pick them up. And you're going to grow up into a grown-up. I don't know if anybody told you that. But you're going to get older and bigger. I know. (laughs) It's good. It's good. You can buy your own stuff then. So what if this is a story about a soul entering into the world of the body? What about what is your maybe your soul comes into your body when you're a baby and it grows with you. And maybe that little spark of the divine that we believe is in everybody, that, that divine seed, that wise baby inside of me, inside of you, it's the whole of divinity itself, and yet it still needs to grow in you. One of my favorite authors is Antoine Saint-Exupery, and he said this in a book called The Flight to Arras. The seed haunted by the sun never fails to find its way between the stones in the ground. You're haunted by the sun. Whatever obstacles are put in your way, you'll find your way around them because your mind and heart are fixed on the light of love and the light of life. And I think when I ponder about this story as if it were a dream, I think, is my soul the seed and is the divine love, is that the sun? I mean, is am I searching for God or is God searching for me? Does the sun search for the seed or does the seed search for the sun? And at times of confusion and doubt, I see my little baby divine self, my little infant wisdom, I see it being able to be visited by wise ones. You know how sometimes when you feel like you're in trouble and then you get a scripture that's just exactly right to teach you about that trouble, or you hear a song that's just right, or you hear a poem that's just right, or someone speaks to you with words of wisdom, they may not even know they're doing it. But you get visited by the magi, the wise ones. Has that ever happened to you in your life? You've heard some wisdom when you needed it. And sometimes you yourself might need to kneel before your own infant wisdom and give it little gifts, help the light grow, blow on that little spark, polish that little mirror inside so that your light can shine and protect it from the forces of power over when the heavy-footed come after you in order to put your light out, because some people will, You can either fight to protect it, you can gather with other people who can help you protect it, or you can run. There's nothing wrong with running, because that's what happened in this faith story. They ran, and the Egyptians took them in. So I wish for each one of you the rebirth of this tiny baby wisdom, this tiny light, this tiny love inside you, and for you to cradle it and nurture it, and for you to let yourself be cradled and nurtured. To let the gifts of wisdom come to you. To find your way from the nurturing darkness around all the obstacles that life puts in your way. Till you rapturously break forth into the light. And we can help one another do that. May it be so. Please say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. I know this rose will open. I know my fear will burn away. I know my soul will unfurl its wings. I know this rose will open. Go in peace. Go shining.
1: This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.